Hi, my name is Steven. Hi, I'm April. This is the Three Pi Squared ABA Business Leaders Podcast, where we discuss topics on how to create and grow an ethical and sustainable ABA practice. Together, Stephen and I owned a seven-figure ABA practice that provided both clinic and in-home services. 3Pi Squared has helped over 900 ABA practices start up and expand with our comprehensive products and services geared specifically to ABA. Now, let's get to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about delegating. Um, As we grow our companies, we start getting to the point where we have a lot on our plate. And I I mean, some of us may be in this situation early on when we're starting out that we have a team of people working together, but in a lot of cases, it's like a solo, like solo show, right? Yep. And and someone starting their their business on their own and also still practicing mm-hmm. and delivering services. Um so yeah, so we can talk about that some too, but for the most part we're really talking about how to start delegating as you grow and as you you don't have enough time to do all of the things or you find yourself dropping balls or you find yourself like super, super stressed out or whatever. Right. Or you just see it coming. Right. You're like, okay, like I I just can't do all of this. I'm going to need help. Or even I don't really know about the specific area. Could I reach out to someone and ask them for help? Or do I have the time to spend researching and teaching myself? So all, all of all of those mm-hmm. and, and even more things will probably pop up as we start talking. Yeah, I mean, just having experts in your back pocket, like attorney, we we thought we say this all the time, but having an attorney, like you have to have an attorney. And I do highly recommend an accountant as well, um, just because like you don't want to get stuck doing that stuff. At least that's me uh, having experts in those areas every once in a while you're going to need them and rather than searching for them when you need them uh, having them already is a good idea so those are areas where you should um consider right off the bat um as you're growing like as you're starting your practice having those areas well and it's not even like you could be good at those things right like you could you could have a good understanding of how to read the law and you Mm -hmm. can have a good understanding of numbers and how finances work and things like that. But having these, like having some experts in your state to reach out to or your county or your city even Mm -hmm. can be very helpful to know like things that you may not know. Like what what are like certain important things to know about in your area Mm -hmm. that you may not know of even by doing a Google search, opening an ABA clinic in Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know, I just pulled a a, a Mm -hmm. location out of my hat, but like, would a Google search tell you all the things that you need to have, right? So even just, and I don't know how much of that, well, I guess that would be considered delegating, but like reaching out to experts and asking questions to get information. But I guess what I'm kind of thinking about when I hear delegating is like, bringing on staff or contractors or, you know, to do like take on a responsibility. And so kind of like we've talked, I think we both do the same thing. Like when we're consulting with clients, uh, you call it consulting. I call it coaching, just kind of where we are different paths have led us, but um, is like building your dream job, right? Like, so what do you want? to do? What do you see yourself doing five years, 10 years, 20 years from now? What part of this company, what's super important for you that you have your like hands on, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's like, you could look at your own strengths and weaknesses. You can look at, you know, what you enjoy doing. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something that's a weakness, but you really enjoy it and yeah. you want to learn it. Right. Yeah. So you choose to take that one on and maybe you let go of something that you really love doing, but you're okay with, letting someone else take that for a while and you feel pretty confident that you know how to check in on it. Right. right? So I think like building your dream job and knowing like what all you want to do. Mm -hmm. But I think too, a lot of times what sometimes if we just sit down to write a list of, okay, what are all the things 
that I need or all the things that I do, it can be overwhelming and, and it, it's hard for us to capture everything. Yeah. So one of the things that I always recommend is just having a note somewhere out on your desktop or your device or your just a, pe- a pad and pencil on your on your desk or whatever and just keep a running list as you do things. Write it down. Right. Like, oh, I scheduled. OK, I schedule. Right. And and you can even write these things down somewhat detailed, like a like a one line, like, you know, scheduled makeup sessions for, you know, client or whatever or did payroll or whatever you you find yourself <clears throat> doing to run the day to day of your business. Just keep keep track of it for like two or three weeks. So do you do you write down? I did it from this time to this time. Well, I mean, that's another thing that you can do. I mean, a lot of times, like, it kind of depends on how you work, right? right? Like, if you're, if journaling and keeping track of writing stuff down for yourself comes natural to you already, and you're kind Not of in the habit of doing that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you may from the get go decide, okay, well, not only do I want to track what I'm doing, but I want to track how long it's taking me. I want to like rate it on a scale of like one to five of how much I hate doing this or whatever, whatever, right? Right. There might be a lot of pieces of information that you want and that like motivates you and you may be able to take a couple of weeks and just really keep track of all that. Or it may be big enough and like it may be enough for you and hard, a hard thing to even just track the things that you do. Just simply track it. So you could go, you could even look at it like... You track it for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it depends on how you work. Because if like, you may even be able to track it for just one week and know that you've caught most everything. Sure. Um, just it depends on how often you do certain things. Or you may be able to know, okay, well, I didn't do these three tasks during this two-week time of tracking what I'm doing. But I know that at the end of every month, these are things that I... Right. do so i'm gonna right. add those um and then you can go back and you can look at that list and you can say you know then you can like make some more columns after the fact too mm-hmm. of like okay how long does this typically take me right and then if you have a few items on the list that you're like i really have no idea how long this takes me then you can set out to do like a sampling of like about you know like then you can track okay and get, and get an idea of how long it takes you to do certain things some of us have better understanding of how long it takes us to do something than others right so if you're like i really have no idea how long it takes the next couple of times you do it just time yourself set a timer it probably is eye-opening to do that like i i dislike tracking anything right so i don't i just don't like doing it it feels I don't know. I've I've tried to do this and this is not something that I'm good at. I, I, uh, yeah, but I assume that it could be very eye opening and that you could look at it and say, well, I thought I was going to do these things today and I put out 25 fires instead. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I would assume that this could be very, um, eye opening. It it could, it, it could shift your perspective. And at the end of the week you say, well, I did all these things, but then you find out all these things only took about three hours of your time and the other 80 hours that you work were like putting out fire you dealing with hr issues client issues scheduling issues billing issues and then you find out wow like 95 percent of my time is doing these things that i absolutely hate um and that i don't really want to do for much longer i assume right is that- yeah i mean i used to, i used to <clears throat> i used to not really like tracking stuff Mm -hmm. um and i found it hard to keep up with and just another thing on my list to do and then as i was like in the journey of trying to have a more you know successful is the right word but just have a better day-to-day quality of life Mm -hmm. like having you know adhd and trying to like figure out all the executive functioning pieces that were like a little bit harder for me that when you're an entrepreneur, there's so many positives to that. And there's so many places you can go and creativity and hyper focus on end if you need to on a certain thing. But then there are all these other tasks that have to be done on a regular routine basis that tend to be more difficult for me. And so taking time, oh, I mean, it's been years, like it's taken years to like, to get to the point where, because that like, I would have considered myself like, 
time blind for, and I still to some sense am time blind. Want to start an ABA practice, but not sure where to start? Have an ABA practice, but not 100% confident on the business side? We have you covered. Join our ABA Business Leaders membership. With over 60 hours of content, we walk you through all areas of starting and expanding your ABA practice. From getting your LLC all the way through ethics and own of owning a practice. Oh, and it also comes with CEUs. 34. Yeah, 34 CEUs. All the CEUs you need to get your two-year recertification. To find out more, go to 3pisquare.com and click on Courses. And maybe, I, I don't know, I don't consider myself as time-blind anymore because I've kind of trained myself by tracking how long it takes me to do stuff. Okay. And so, like, if I track how long it takes me to do stuff over time, and then occasionally if I find myself like, okay, there's just these certain, like, flags that I keep in mind, and I know if I'm kind of, things are happening a certain way, I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. I, maybe things have changed. Maybe procedures have changed. Maybe life has changed. Maybe it's just a different season right now. And so I need to go back and reevaluate. And by that, I mean, like, literally track how long it takes me to do stuff yeah. so that I can know how much time to allow myself when I'm planning <clears throat> my next week for how to do it. So with delegating, you can take it so many different directions because sure. it could even be something as pure as like, okay, here are the simple list of like by simple i mean just like using two or three word phrases or even one word like of the tasks that need to be done mm -hmm. and you may already from the beginning have had an idea of where you're going with that like right. okay these are the things i want to do these are the things i have to do right now right while i'm growing the company mm -hmm. but this is the first you know that when as soon as i have the ability to hire an admin person or billing person or assistant or what whatever right these are the things that are automatically going to go to that person right so no matter how you get to what you're going to delegate i think the next step is to make sure that you have like those like work processes written out um and this is another thing that you and i both <clears throat> we talked about and we kind of see it a little differently. Mm -hmm. I, I, but I think we also can like understand each other's approaches and like, it's nice to have a mixture, but yeah, like absolutely. for me, like writing out the steps of this is how you do this task. So, and this is how I do it. So that when I have someone who I'm ready to delegate this to, it's all organized and written out and explained just like, I would teach a program to right. attack, right? right? Or another BCBA or, right. you know, a BCBA or BCABA. And so that and like walking them through it, maybe modeling it, depending, you know, depending on what it is, mm -hmm. right? Modeling it or just going through the steps of it together and then, you know, letting them ask questions, giving them feedback and then letting them take the task and then coming back and giving feedback or letting them come and ask questions. And then like essentially then they just take this task, but then also needing to know what frequency do I need to check in right. with this task? Or is there something that this person is going to be giving me or uploading in a spread? Like, how do I know that this person's doing Actually what I need doing. them to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if there's like a permanent product or outcome or just a, a number at a certain of certain day of every month that I need, then I have to know that if I didn't get that thing from that person that then I need to follow up with that person. Right. So of course, like, that takes a lot of executive functioning, right? And so it's like, so that's <clears throat> where I think in the beginning, maybe I had some control issues with letting stuff go. But mm -hmm. as soon as like, I realized how freeing it was to let some stuff go, mm -hmm. then I would like almost give it away and like forget I needed to check in with it. Right. And so like being able to be consistent in checking in. But I think so for me, like coming up with all those steps could be so overwhelming to get them from my brain to the paper mm -hmm. that like then I just hold on to the task and right. don't delegate because right. it's sometimes things are too overwhelming. Or if it's something where I'm okay with them not doing it the same way I did it, or if there's not certain a certain way that you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And I could just say, okay, here's this thing that needs to be done. Make it your own, do it how you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I found myself doing that a lot in the last few years 
And then I got of, of our practice, but then I also got better at like saying, okay, now I need you to check in with me every X amount of time right. versus pinning it on myself. Like that was part of their job description right. was to then them to check back in with Correct. me, like not wait for me to say something. And right. that was really helpful. But I know for you, you like to have like, well, don't run the surprise. Oh, well, how do you, how do you <laughs> so, like, like do? my recommendation? Like, and I think it, it there are many reasons why I, I recommend it this way, but, um, if for a lot of the same reasons that you said, like, I know what I do and I don't know how to get it on paper and the response when I'm coaching or consulting with people and my experience of handing tasks off as a control freak, hundred percent control freak, um, is like, I don't have time to write this thing down, let alone teach someone how to then interpret the words that I have written down to make sure that they're going to do it the way that I want them to do it at the rate I want them to do it, the accuracy at which I want them to do it. So when I'm working with someone, I just like forget about all of that. Let's get somebody in that you trust. So this met like for me, it's not education level for the vast majority of it, it's someone that is willing to learn, that is willing to take feedback, that is willing to ask questions, um, and and that you can then, they just shadow you. Just walking behind you, following you around. This can be two weeks, this could be six months, right? And all they're doing is walking around, following you. You say, okay, this is a job that I want you to do. Start taking notes and they're looking at your computer and you're going step by step through the process, whether this is a virtual assistant or it's someone in your office and you're sharing your screen and then you're like, okay, this step is we do first and then we do it this way and then they're writing it down and then we go through it at a later point. And for me, why I really, this, I feel like this is the best way to do it is because then I can look at their notes and what they've written down and it tells me they got it they understood what the intention of this thing was why we're doing it the way we do it and then when they ask questions around well can, what if we did it this way or what if we changed it up and we did this step first then i can see again okay they're getting what's going on here and why we're doing it um and they have good questions and so it gives me the ability to allow that thing to go because I, I get an understanding that they understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's what, with either method of how you get it done, like it's important to get the process down on paper, the work instruction yes. or the task analysis yeah. or whatever is appropriate for what it is so that it's there yes. electronically. Because what, what can happen is like, and because we've experienced this and I like throughout my career, I've experienced this. You find someone that is really good that can be your assistant or the person that you work with and then they leave and so if you have nothing uh down on paper if you have no instructions even if they're not the greatest instructions but if, if there's nothing yeah. down then all of that knowledge is evaporated you're right starting from and scratch. you're starting from scratch and i don't know about you but like if i did all this work and training this person um even if they you know even if I, I wish them no ill well from leaving, right? Like, it's just like, oh my God, I got to do this again, right? Like, I got to start over again. Um, that can be very uh, difficult to let it go, right? And so, and then the other issue is that depending on how long this person was there doing these things, you have to relearn how to do it. Because, you know, if you're like a, a good example of this, probably at least in this field, the best example that I could probably think of is billing, right? So, you know, I teach someone how to do the billing in-house, um, how to get authorizations, how, how to uh, submit claims, um, how to work with denials, uh, you know, and then in six months, that whole process with a one funder could, could completely change. And so, you know, if they're doing it for two years, you know, you could probably have multiple changes in a single funder during that time. And then now you're you're thinking about, oh, well, we do it this way. Um, that's the way I did it. And then you <laughs> realize after getting many denials and issues, 
that no, 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 it doesn't work that way anymore. And so you're having to relearn it plus teach somebody else. So yeah, like you really want to make sure that you have this stuff down on paper. It's being updated uh, and not paper. I mean, like just having it down somewhere where you have this written instruction and that it's being updated as things change as best as you can. Did you know 3Pi Squared offers one-on-one -on -one consulting? From in-network audit prep and credentialing to rate negotiation, we help ABA business owners in all areas of the practice. We work with you to create a priority list and then knock it out. Find out more at 3PiSquared.com. Click on consulting. Um, right, like, I mean, that's, that's what um, we tried to have in place, like clinically and like admin and vet, like all the all the running like all the inner workings of of our business because for us we didn't use like we did everything in-house right. and we we did hire people to come in and, and as we could you know and take like the lead on certain things mm -hmm. but so but everything was in-house so that was a big piece of it was the expectation there to update right and, and time to time more so than i would have liked for it to happen it things didn't get updated in real time and so that was one of the things that towards the end i we were our um like our leadership team that was one of our big projects we were working on like how do we keep things moving forward how do we be okay like be flexible with change of course right. like covid like helped us with that one sure <laughs> <laughs> whether we were ready for it or not but i mean those are the things like you know and then how do we how do we put it within the process how do we make it just part of how you do things to make sure that as we're changing things to make it more effective or whatever right that we were changing it in the system mm -hmm. um and so we we had some ideas and and we were like kind of brainstorming we were working together on like areas that weren't being updated as frequently um, and you know, how, and then ones that were, and like, why, why did, why could we, you know, how is one different than the other and how can we make it more across the board? And, you know, it just kind of depended. I think it was really funny in our group. Like it was like the clinical processes were the ones that were really behind right. in updating because right. I think maybe they change a little bit more frequently. And when we're working on assessments and, you know, under these very strict timelines with very limited time to yes. get these like stuff done, that was always like, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. It's okay, we'll get to that. Yep. Especially if you're, you know, you're pretty set with your group of clinicians and everyone's, they kind of know what, you know, everybody knows they have their own systems. Yes. And so that was one of the things we were trying to like, okay, how can we, you can, everybody can still have their own systems and their autonomy within <clears throat> a certain way, but how can we, still ha capture all of that in a big picture. So when we bring on a new BCBA, we have everything in place to let them know where we are now, right. not where we were five years ago, last time we right. updated right. these processes. Yeah. And, and like, this is not this is all, ABA specific yeah. issue. This is like, any, and like, and, and all of the engineering jobs I've had, this is like, okay, we can sit down and make all of these procedures and work instructions and policies and get everything perfect. And then it's the maintaining of that is always the most difficult part, right? As things change, as we grow, as we learn, how do we keep these things up? And so what we would have is like, this is what interns are for, right? Or you would have RB, like a great for on the clinic side that I would recommend is when you have the RBTs that are, you know, are going to be your next BCBA, they need their indirect hours. This is a great way to do that. So like, Okay, they follow you around and they do the assessment and they see that it's different than our policy. So they're updating the policies and the procedures as they're going through it. If you're hiring a new admin person to take over another area, they're like you train them on the so so that if another like let's say you want two admin people, one is going to be scheduler. These these are the most common, right? So you have one is going to be your scheduler, one is going to be your biller. So, and it's getting to the point where your admin person can't do both anymore. Um, so then you hire someone to take over 
uh, either the billing or the scheduling. So you train that person on the billing so that they can update the procedures and then you train them on the scheduling, right? And so both roles are now, you have overlap on both roles, uh, plus your procedures are updated. Uh, so like things like that, I, I would highly recommend because that, again, it gets those procedures updated as you're training the, the staff on the systems. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there there are definitely a lot of ways. Because that's that. what happens. Like just you get into the day-to-day -day grind and you're like, yeah, I'll get to that later. Like, do you want the assessment done now or do you want me to update these procedures and not get the assessment done so that we have a delay in services or a gap in services? Like you pick, right? Like that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, a, it, it's hard. It's hard to keep up. Right. I mean, and that's too. I mean, or if we're like doing systems, like we're doing something enough times, we have it pretty much committed to memory. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're not, we're not going back and like checking off the checklist Correct. to remember that we're doing yeah. everything. And then we also tend to like, we can drop stuff over time. Right. And, and then we can like kind of shift and like. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's what happens with recruitment audits, right? You get into this little, you know how it's done. And then you're failing to update things. And so right. the next person comes in and they do it the way you have it written down and not the way you're actually doing it. And now we have three different people uh, doing it three different ways. And we get a recruitment audit and then we're like, what in the world? Why? Why are we here? Um, so, you know, and having a continuous improvement process in your company, a great idea as long as you're following through with it. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that was one of the <clears> things like as there the last few years, like, so probably once we were back in the office after like COVID, right. Yeah. Cause there for a while, nobody was in the office. So then we had like very strict rules about only a couple people could be, cause we had a small right. office and at the end of our company, we were doing in, we were all in home services. Right. And so anyway, so, but once we got back to the point where we are running operations more normal, like where people were back in the office and we were all working together. We did um, uh, for 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 my admin person who was actually someone who had been a tech and through COVID and everything had made some decisions to kind of step back from working directly with kids for a little bit, and she happened to be a really great admin during that that time while she needed to take some time away like back from working with the kids working in an office doing that type of stuff was working out for her for that time mm -hmm. and she helped me to really clean up some of those processes right. but what we did or what she did it was all her she made checklists for everything even the work instructions that were more narrative you know like paragraphs per right. step because it was kind of necessary especially in the beginning to have that much information she took that and then she put like a made checklist format of like just the highlights from each one just enough to she could go and so every time she did like even every time she checked the mail because then checking the mail was like then you had it certain things had to be scanned to certain you know, people certain places, and especially yeah. post you know some people still weren't back in the office and mm -hmm. so and then some things could be shredded. Some things needed to be fought. Like there was a very, like checking the mail was, if I checked the mail myself, like I probably would know, like I would just, if if I if it were just me back in the day where I'm more of a sole like person running things, then I would check the mail. I would do what I do with my stuff. I'd throw the other stuff. Steven let him do his stuff. A few things may get set back in a pile and then we'll remember it later and deal with that. But it was a lot simpler, but once you have a bigger organization and you have a lot of different things to do with even something as simple as mail. Anyway, so she, like, for example, with the mail, she would just make a checklist. And so in a couple of things, she just had, like, laminated with a dry erase marker on her desk because, mm -hmm. in, like, by the by the mail basket, right? And so there was no need to keep track of the data. Right. But day to day, as she was checking the mail, she could just go through and just, like, step lift, by step, step yep. by check, check yep. it all Perfect. to make yep. sure all the things were going to where they needed to go. Now, I get we can't do that for every single process, but there are certain ones that are important. Mail was important. Checks would come in. Yes. EOBs would come in. Denials, yes. like stuff that had mm -hmm. to be dealt with very authorization. Quickly. Yeah, all, all that stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. so so that was for that piece was super important. But 
that helped too to not like to make sure we're getting everything. And then if there was a new process there, oh, so-and-so works remote now. So the things that go to this person need to be forwarded on to, you know, and so that's the list. And so like checking the mail is something that you would think wouldn't need or construction for, but it did for us, you know? And 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 it's just going to make it easier. And again, like, you know, if you're, you start to get bigger and then maybe Sally, the person that regularly takes care of the mail is out sick or they, they are on vacation or they have, have a new, they have a, a different task that they need to do. And then you bring in somebody else to do this you're not having to relearn or have like weeks of issues um, figuring out how to do the mail. You just, oh, here's the checklist, right? And so, you know, somebody else can step in to that position and effectively with pretty high precision can take care of it and you don't really have to worry about it so much. Right, and so something like that process, like I really never had to check in and make sure the mail was being done right. because during that period of time, like she wasn't even out on leave. Right. Or right. she wasn't like, so, and we were still like really skeleton staff. Yeah. So like if she didn't do it, if she couldn't do it, then I would do it. But then I'm like, you know, sometimes like the further we get away from some Absolutely. of that stuff, like I'm like, I don't know how to check the yeah. mail. Yeah. And it's really funny. Right. Cause 10 years ago, <laughs> I was the only one that could check the mail right. and I needed to touch all the pieces of right. the mail and no one needs to touch the right. mail. And then ten, you know, flash forward 10 years later and I'm like, I don't know how to check the mail. Right. right? And so yes. it's like, but then with that, if there were a couple of days where maybe she didn't come in or she, you know, had an appointment or something and I was like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll get, I'll get the mail. I'll check the mail. Yes. And, and then I had, I had all of the, yes. the checklist <clears throat> to do and, or at least a, at least no parts that I could do. And then I would leave her a note of like the things that she needed to complete in the process that I didn't have time for or whatever. Right. Yeah. But, and, and I know it like, it kind of sounds like, okay, this is a lot of common sense and to an extent it is, but I think over how, how many, wait, you have like 900 ABA companies that you ABA work practices. with now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and in my time here in the last, I don't know, what, six months or so that I've been more involved with 3Pi Squared mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to chat with other business owners and do some coaching and stuff, which I'm really enjoying. But I think so, such a high percentage, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have the data for this or anything, but like so many of people that you help out are like clinicians, right? Like for the most part, I mean, there's always different stories, but for the most part, it's a BCBA, right? Who says, Mm -hmm. okay. So the vast majority of the people I work with, like I'd say 90, 95% are BCBA business owners that like they want to start their own thing. Some of them do like, it's going to be like a husband wife team, like, Mm -hmm. like us, but uh, and then some are like BCBA teams, mm-hmm. um, and, but yeah, there there are a lot of. And then all I will occasionally, uh, and very rare, uh, work with like a PE backed uh, team, but they have to be coming at this for the right reasons. You have and a very not, specific screening. It's that not you do, like yeah. I, I'm not just gonna help. Like it can't be about the money. I, I get we all need to make money, but it can't be about the money. It, it has to be, okay, I'm doing this for a very specific reason because it's just too important. Um, and so the vast majority of who I work with are, yeah, are BCBAs that want to start uh, an ethical, sustainable practice, right? And that's why we, that's why I'm doing this. I, I wouldn't do it for, yeah, I couldn't do it if it wasn't with working with people like that. Do you need to pass an in-network audit? Do you know if you have all the policies you need for HIPAA? Would you like a comprehensive client or employee handbook for both in-home and clinic ABA services? Check out 3Pi Squared's quality management system. Our handbooks pass funder in-network audits and are geared specifically to ABA. Best of all, we provide free updates. The templates come in Word and Excel, so you can customize the handbooks to meet your company's unique needs. Check them out at 3pisquare.com. Click on Quality Management System.
it's like so a bcba comes to you and they mm -hmm. say hey i really want to start my own company yep i've been a bcba for x amount of years i've worked with a couple of agencies i see things that i would like to do differently yep and so here i am mm -hmm. or quite a few they're straight out of getting there like they're and, straight and out we, of school. we discuss like okay is this really what you want right? right um and i think that like the uh, this kind of a sale but it's not really um it, it's like the aba business leaders membership was, is interesting it's like a cost effective way of getting ces right that you need anyway but it also gives you an idea of oh crap there's <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that i need to do to start my company and there have been a like a few instances it's happened probably five six times now where like they will start the process of starting their company and then they're like, okay, Steven, I talked to my current company and I'm going to stay with them and I'm not going to start my, my business. It's just, it's, it's eye opening, right? We have a podcast where we talk to business owners and half of the business owners are no longer business owners, right? Like there was a group of six of us and half of us no longer own an ABA practice. It's a lot of work. Right. And so part of this is, is this really what you want? Because what's going to happen is if you're wanting to work with kids and be a BCBA, quote unquote, B BCBA, a lot like at the end of it, how much time were you doing clinical work? Zero. Right. You're taking this in a completely different yes. way than I was going with okay. this. But yeah. Well, but, just, but, just no, I mean, it is, it is, it is, it is a lot, right? Yeah. It is a lot. But what, where I was just going with this yeah. is like, it seems like, oh, like, okay, like delegating and making work instructions and keeping up with the day-to-day -day tasks uh -huh. and making sure things are done. Like, okay, yeah, that's, I get it. Like, that's part of it. But what happens is so many, like, it's like a single BCBA and while you're getting credentials while you're setting things up while you're hiring staff while you're you know all of those things right you just it's you just start taking on one more thing one more right. thing one more thing and i think what happens is you a lot of people find themselves in the spot of not really even knowing how much is on their plate yeah i think and that so it's, it's like it's, oh it's, my gosh this is whether they actively can acknowledge and feel the stress and are like, I'm not even saying that pe some people may not even be to the point where they're like super unhappy and, st and stressed right. and ready to jump ship. But like, they're just maybe they're, they're not being able to spend as much time with their family or they're right. not getting the freedom that they thought they were going to get from owning a company or they're not, they're finding that some of the things they wanted to do differently, a little bit harder to do differently right. than they thought. But then there's also that feeling of, well, I have to, well, I have to do it all because I can't afford to let anybody else do it yet. Right. And yep. so, but then it's like this, it's like this fine line though, of eventually you can, you can afford, you might not be able to afford to pay for all the positions right. to do all the things, right. but you get at least afford an assistant. Yeah. And, and, and that's probably if we were asked, I don't know, it's been a while back that someone said something about like, what would you do differently if you, could do it over again i probably would have hired my my first delegation would have been hiring an assistant not caring if they have any kind of knowledge about aba yep. um of course after because i'm a bcaba and as back in the day as the regulation started to change we we had to hire bcba was our first and then we had a couple rpts but i'm talking about outside of that initial mm -hmm. clinical staff as you're starting to delegate within your director role and owner role and stuff like that just uh assistant would yep. have been helpful. Now we had like admin people, but we quickly threw them into billing and scheduling mm -hmm. and all these other things. But like lots of CEOs and owners of even small companies out there have a minimal, a virtual assistant, like 10 hours a week or something. Right. right? And so I don't know. It's like a lot of us like feel like, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's just that we start taking it on. And I don't know that this is really any different from any other entrepreneur, small business owners. I've never opened a company outside of this before. So right. I don't know the other side of it, but I do know that 
with us and with lots of other BCBAs um, who've started the company um, get in and realize like, well, like the direction you were going in, wow, this is a lot. Yes. I had no idea. Um, it gives you a new perspective of like the company you did work for. And like you said, maybe I'll just go try to work a deal with them. Yep. Or yeah, I still want to do this. Um, but I'm, but like, how can I do this back, you mm -hmm. know, for the best? Right. And then there are some people who really excel with this end of the business building of an ABA company. And, you know, they, they have a lot of their strengths are in the skill sets needed to be able to do project organization, you know, management organization and, and delegation. And they're like, yeah, dude, like that was the first thing on my list was to get an assistant first thing. And I knew exactly what I wanted this assistant to cover. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, we're all different, but I guess like the main thing here is like, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to delegate. Yeah. And, I mean, it's yeah. not okay. It's necessary. it's necessary. Like you're eventually you're going to get to a point where you can't do it all. Right. It's just going to it's going to happen and it, you're going to either get to the point where you can't do it or you don't want to do it. Uh, both are. And, and so like having having that ability to delegate as quickly as you can is, is a good idea. Yeah, maybe like having <clears throat> that mindset or intention even going into the thing, like even if you're going to be just like a sole BCBA, because yeah. even some people are like, oh, I'm just going to it's mm -hmm. just me and I'm just going to hire a couple of techs. Mm -hmm. That very rarely happens in my experience. Most of the time it yeah. tends to grow yeah. quickly from yes. there. Um, but even if you were at that level, like having a, like a minimal, like a part-time assistant or someone to help to delegate these things to. But I think just going into the whole thing with the expectation and the, the intention of I will be delegating, like what do I want to do? What am I, what do I want other people to, you know, to do? Yeah, like when, when we, when I start consulting now with BCBAs, the first things that I, I really, that are important to talk about is like, you, you've already said it is what is your dream job? We need to know that, right? You need to know that. And then, uh, what is your exit strategy, right? So at the end of the day, how involved, like in an ideal world, how involved do you want to be with this company in five years? Like, mm -hmm. is your goal in five years to be done with it? Are you going to sell it? Or are you just going to be like sitting on the beach and everybody else is going to do the work, right? And you just come in from time to time. Like, so we need to know what your exit strategy is going to be. You, you, like, it's super important. Um, and what is your dream job so that we know, okay, these are the first things as soon as the checks start coming in and I'm making enough profit to pay my bills, you know, we, we're setting a budget, we're going through the expenses, uh, we figure out what the rates you're getting are so that, you know, and you're hiring your tax and what are the wages, all of this stuff is done. You know, we have your, uh, a good understanding of your finances and then we know what your dream job is. So now, okay, when you hit the right number, you're hiring the person so that you're doing, you're not doing the things that you don't want to do because we're going for your dream job. Right. And so that, that's kind of where you start. Right. And then those are the things that you delegate first. And the issue that I see, and like, this is just the way it is. Like you, you said, like, is this, everybody's like this, or is this just the ABA thing? Everybody's like this. Um, when you're starting a company, you you do everything it's your baby yes and and you don't want to like yeah it's your baby and so who are you going to trust with your baby right like nobody and that's that's normal and so then it gets to the point where instead of working 50 or 60 hours a week which you're fine with doing you're working 80 and 90 hours a week right and so you're like oh, just do some more i'll just do some more and then you take on so much stuff that you don't even you don't even realize how much stuff you've taken on and then you get to the point this is what i just this is what my experience is yeah. you get to the point where you're like i can't do anymore but i don't have enough time to take anything off my plate to take more on or to train somebody to take on some of the stuff so i can take more on right because and that takes you, a lot of like, time yes yeah. and so you're like it's like this catch 22 right like you're you're stuck and so we don't want to get you stuck right. that like that's the if you learn anything from this or if you, if you take anything from this, 
please don't get stuck, right? Like that's just not where you want to be. And so how do you get unstuck? And so again, what is your dream job? What, what, what finances, where do you need to be financially so that you can start delegating? And what are the first things that you're going to delegate? Again, what is your exit strategy? So are you, I'm hundred percent on the clinic side. I'm never, never getting out of the clinic side or I am 100% on the operation side and I don't want to deal with the clinic side anymore. Like I'm going to hire BCBAs to take care of that. So it's really important to know where you want to be. And th these things can change, right? Yeah. Like I'm finding myself now as uncomfortable as I find it. I I'm learning more on the marketing side of things, right? Because it's just where I'm at. Um, and so it's, it, this is a difficult skill for me to learn. Um, but that's where I find myself more now, right. Is figuring out how to do that. And so this is where I find myself more of my time is. And, um, the other things I kind of let go, right. Like the programming side of things I've let go and we have people taking care of that and they're managing that. So it's just, you know, and like you said, there are different seasons, and um, you're gonna be doing different things at different times. Um, but having your intention set about what a dream job looks like and evaluating, reevaluating that, reassessing that over time is a really good idea. Yeah, and I think we can kind of relate that, bring that back to like your values, like your personal sure. values. Um, and then as you're building your business and making your mission statement and your values for your company, like all of these things tie in and then like you're looking at KPI and like right. quality. <clears throat> I think these can all, I mean, there's some compartmentalization where like you need to know what your dream job is in general and right. kind of an idea of what your values are. But then like, I think the part of that first year of your business, maybe the, I would say the beginning part of that year would be meshing merging these together and fitting them all together to really have like a nice cohesive like yeah. overall picture and can really like launch you in the direction of yeah of, it gives of, you of, that like, foundation right it gives you the vision you know where you're going right and so um it, it just makes it easier right for... so when you're like checking in with your with all of these things right mm -hmm. when you're doing like a quarterly check-in or then you're not like okay, i need it make a quarterly check-in for like my value statements or I need to do my yearly mission statement check. Like you can do that, but like, I really feel like there's a way to like merge it all together so that you can, because that's the other piece too, is like knowing that it's going to grow and change yeah. as your business grows and change, as yeah. you grow and change. Yeah. And so making sure just like those processes are being updated and accounted for like your, your whole mission and your, your dream job and your values, you know, like maybe you start out this company in your one season of life. And then, you know, five or 10 years later, you're in another season of life and your priorities change. Absolutely. Or then you find yourself like maybe empty nester, another season of yep. life. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe now I can hop back in and grow this other part I've always wanted to grow. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like, yeah, now I'm going to go travel. I mean, yeah. you know, like, it's going to grow and change. And so, but I just think, I guess my intention of this podcast, mm -hmm. it was just a chit chat. Like we're just all sitting around together, just talking about it. But also just to put the idea in your head as like, if you're someone who's just started a company or you're thinking about it, just putting the idea in your head that that's even an option. And that's something that you should take into consideration as you're making this business plan because right. i think a lot of times we can get really tunnel visioned oh absolutely and really focus on one part of it no matter what area of business mm -hmm. we're in but i think for us it's like okay insurance we got this that's what who that's what's who's right. going to feed us right, right. Of, uh, the, you know so we got to get all those processes right. but along with that once you get a lot of these things submitted then that in the beginning stages that allows time for you to some people are like, what do I work on while I'm waiting for like intro? Like, right. This yes. Stuff. This, this stuff. stuff. This stuff. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is a really good and thing so that, to work that's, on. And so that's, yes. So we take care of getting the applications done and then we work on the foundations of the practice, right? And getting your dream job, your exit strategy, your budget, all of this stuff done. And then, you know, your goals um, and your priorities. And we set those 
while we're waiting that that's the time to do it um while you're waiting for this stuff to come through because you're not really gonna have a whole lot of time when clients start coming um when you're dealing with employee issues and insurance stuff and, learning curves yeah it's just there's so much right and again that's it's it happens a lot so if you're there like you know you're not alone there are many practice owners that just hey i built this thing we were there we were there for many years like oh wow i built this thing and now look what i built and how do i get out right like how do i dig myself out of this um this hole so that i can have a weekend off and i can see my family right and yeah we don't want you there i, I don't think that anyone wants to be there and so how do we do that a little differently so that maybe we get sundays off right something off, um so that we can do something other than work right um yeah so i, I guess that's it yeah right? i mean if that's your yeah if that's that's, that, yeah. that's your thing that's right your thing. again yeah like where do i want to be right now um and maybe some of you are totally down with working six seven days a week and that's cool like you do you uh but you know, for the vast majority of people, I think it's normal to want some time off away from this. Um, and I think it's important. And there's a lot of work-life balance yeah. data out there that shows it is. I just wanted to throw it on yeah. some people. Yeah. That's kind of their jam, but it's important to have that balance too. Yeah. yeah. Well, we thank you guys for joining us today. And if uh, I kind of, part of me kind of wanted to do this um, live to be able to have conversation, but we decided to have it recorded. So um, as you listen to this, um, when it airs, um, just comment. Uh, comment. Yeah. Um, and uh, would love to kind of hear your story, too, about, like, how you delegate and or don't delegate or, you know, just kind of how mm -hmm. this looks for you. Um, so, yeah. But thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll say is, you know, uh, for us to be able to provide this wonderful free content um it's uh due to the support of our members so if if you uh like what we do please like and subscribe uh to our podcast i think this is probably going to be one of the first youtube uh videos that we'll be uploading um so if you can like and subscribe to our channel that's very helpful um if you can support us by coming into our membership uh, it comes with 34 CEUs. Uh, it's a year membership. We have live events um, and we can walk you through the entire process of starting your practice. Um, but yeah, uh, if you enjoy this content, like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you for listening or watching. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Hopefully it was helpful. If you would like to gain access to this entire video and actually our entire library of videos, please join our ABA Business Leaders membership. You can find that at www.3piesquare.com.